Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of The O Show. We are back with season four, and in this series of dropping six episodes, this initial launch, we we had to get this man on. He was on one of the last guests of last season, actually, so you've all heard him before. And since then, me and him have become uh, good friends, and he's helping me with my my business, and he's helping me with uh, a few other aspects. So uh, I... Do not need to introduce this man. He's been on before and he's an absolute legend of the game. But welcome, Mr. Charlie Johnson. How are you, mate? Uh, yeah, very good, very good. Thank you for the very um, glamorous introduction. So we were just talking about your audience and how interesting it is that we're all based from Australia and what a wonderful place that is. And that now I, I live in Dubai. I can't remember if we did the last podcast I was living here, um, but it's, it's far too hot in Dubai at the moment. But I, I know the main topic of what we want to go through today it's going to have a huge amount of value for everyone. So if you're listening to this right now, the first thing I would do is have a pen and paper because what we want to do, both myself and Odin, is share as much knowledge that you can specifically implement. And Odin would know in terms of like the way I like to produce content and teach things is um, educational with utility. So like if you look on my Instagram page at Charlie Johnson Fitness, all I do is just make shit you can actually use. Sorry, let me swear. Don't forget that's yeah, I make stuff, good. content that you can actually use and imply rather than like, what a load, load of people do in social media, which is like a vanity show of looking how glorious I am. Whereas the reality, everyone like who's listening to this now, your duty in life is to help other people. And if you help other people, you'll become successful in your business, your body, whatever it might be. And I'm going off on a tangent now. No, I mean, that's perfect. That's perfect. I love how you've already dropped the Instagram in so people are going to be going and, and finding it. And guys, if you are looking to follow Charlie, go and click the show notes because I'm going to put all that those juicy details in there as well. So let's give a quick background to you, Charlie, because obviously you've been on before, but there's going to be some new listeners who come in. Um, so who is Charlie Johnson? Where Obviously, you mentioned you're in Dubai, but what are you doing in Dubai? And give, give us a bit of an intro. Okay, so 30-second short synopsis. So name's obviously Charlie Johnson. I'm originally from Surrey, just outside of London. Uh, five, six years ago, I left my full-time job as a real estate agent, set up one of the biggest online fitness businesses in the world. We've worked with over 8,000 people and transformed their lives, been featured in Men's Health, Forbes, um, Muscle and Fitness, a load of other good stuff. Um, then moved to Dubai, had a wonderful time. Business continued to grow. I now help other fitness professionals build their businesses as well and have more impact and income with another business called Seven Figure Scaling Systems. So if you like business podcasts and talking about stuff like that, if you look on YouTube, Seven Figure Scaling Systems, we've got a podcast called The Physically Jacked Financially Stacked Podcast, which Odin will have to come on as well as a... <laughs> A fitness podcast which is uh the shredded show um and that's a short synopsis for me so i'm like your average joe who took a risk and learned the secret in life is this one very simple thing is coaching because coaching is the shortcut to get from where you are right now to where you want to be so if you're listening to this right now and you're not happy with your body in terms of the way you look the way you feel the energy you have your libido whatever it might be Odin has the shortcut cut for you to get there. I have the shortcut for you to get there. Because and 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 I'm not saying that facetiously because the reality is it's true. Because if you go to someone who's done what you want to do, that's how you do what they do. Because like they can help you navigate the icebergs that are laid out in front of you. So you're not like the Titanic that hits them and sinks, that you can actually swerve around those and get faster progress. And that's what we're going to talk about today and some of the information we're going to share to help you not make huge mistakes in your fat loss journey. 100%, 100%. So speaking of coaching and how that is the, you know, the spearhead to great results, what in your opinion makes a great coach, Charlie? And obviously you're a good coach 
in the fitness area, you're a good coach in the business area. So you've obviously cracked the coaching code, but what should people look out for in a good coach? Um, for me, the first thing to look at is the, the number one thing. So like, put it like this. Um, you wouldn't go to a painter, like a painter and decorator, when you're getting stairs built in your house. You'd need a carpenter, right? Yeah. Like, so uh, what what do I mean by that? Is that if you want to look a certain way and you want to be in really good shape, it's probably a good idea to go to someone who's done it themselves. So they're sure. actually true to their values. And then they've also done it with other people. In my opinion, if someone has those two things, they walk the walk themselves and they clearly demonstrate they do it with other people just like you, they can help you. And the where you want to be aware of is people who respectfully are like 70 kilos sopping wet or slightly chubby fat who are trying to sell you fitness programs who've never actually been shaping their life. Now, I'm not saying that fitness trainers have to be jacked and shredded with like veins coming out of their eyeballs all year round. But being there, it's not fun. And um, it's fun for a short period of time, but it's not like yeah. all the time because you'll, you'll lose your mind very quickly. Um, because the point is like, the people you're going to should know more than you. And the reality is there's lots of information available now, right now for free. Now, the reality is what we said earlier is that you want to go to someone who can actually give you the shortcut because they've done it. And there's no better learning experience, in my opinion, than personal experience because you make so many mistakes when you do something yourself. And even I find that now with business, I'm like in my third business, I'm like, ah, like I, I, everything's so much easier because I'm not making mistakes maybe with the first and second one. And it's the same thing with when you, you, you you know, like getting in shape for the summer or like getting shredded. Once you've done it once or twice, it's quite easy because, you know, like, okay, every time I cheat in my diet, it slows down fat fat loss. Who'd have thought it? But like, it makes a difference. And that's the reality is you don't know what you don't know. And if you can go to someone who knows what you don't know, that's how you get to where you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that to summarize what you're saying there, it's like, you know, it's not that somebody needs to be in tremendous shape. Somebody could have all the knowledge to get somebody in shape. But when you've got that knowledge, plus also the understanding of what it takes to get in and stay in that shape, then it's going to be an easier coaching journey for the person because that coach knows exactly what you're going to feel at every step when you're going through your own your own journey, right? And you took the, the word out of my mouth then. And this is what people have to understand. And you can look at all the theory and case studies and experiments you want and research, but people are people. They're psychological animals that are not robots. So we have to understand this element of emotion involved. So, and the same thing when it comes to business, you can have different stresses at different levels and different things will happen. And if you haven't had those problems, you don't understand what it's like to feel those type of pressure or that type of anxiety that can come with some of those things. So, when you're looking to get in shape, you are going to probably end up getting stressed and cranky at times. You're probably going to feel shit at points. And when you've done that yourself, you know that's part of the process. So, sure. for example, if I've got a client who's trying to get super lean for a, a photo shoot or something like that, I will know how they feel. And I will know what questions to ask them and be able to interpret that information correctly. Because, And it also comes down to knowing the individual client because every person is different in terms of the way they think and feel. And... For example, with me, I'm, I was going to say stupid enough that like, I'll just keep pushing myself. Like I have to have someone coach me for like competing because I'll push myself too hard sure. because I give myself too rough of a ride and make myself suffer more. When the reality is I actually need to probably eat more and rest a bit more. 
And that's where you need to understand your own human psychology. And my favorite thing about fitness, everyone listening to this and getting in shape, it's awareness, self-awareness, how you think, how you feel, um, and create emotional control are the most important things in life that are then going to add value to every other area of your life. Massive, mate. Massive, for sure, for sure. And then let's get into the topic, because obviously we we want to make this, you know, suitable for everyone who listens. So we looked at the stats, it's like high 80% female and 60% Australian. So I'm going to imagine that, you know, everyone's going to be, you know, get, getting their win. Yeah, their winter bodies ready at the moment because obviously our our so our weather's completely different to the rest of the world. But the winter bodies are our summer bodies are made in the winter. So by people taking advantage of this now and starting to fix some of the mistakes that they might make when they're dieting on on a fat loss journey, they can look their best in you know four months, five months time, whenever the the beaches do open again, everyone's going back there. So presuming that that's our, that's our audience uh, and there will be more people coming in. What do you feel is the biggest mistakes that are made on a fat loss journey? Okay. Uh, number one, I put down the high female audience, your wonderful charm and good looks. That's one thing we have to add. So <laughs> if everyone agrees to this, leave Odra in a five-star comment in the podcast or on, on YouTube. Um, so... In regards to the biggest mistake everyone makes, and probably the biggest mistake I've made the last five years when it comes to building your best physique, um, I haven't actively tried to gain muscle mass for a long time, for five years, really. I've just stayed in reasonably good shape. But that's actually allowing yourself to eat. Because if you're in a calorie deficit, you physically can't really build muscle. Now, the expression of trying to chase two rabbits at the same time comes along. If you're a man, woman, alien, whatever, like... You have to be in a calorie surplus to grow muscle tissue. So if you're a woman, you want to get a bigger glutes and bigger ass and bigger whatever, like you have to have a surplus of calories to give your body that raw energy to do that. So you have to go through phases of the year where you eat more. With that comes, you are going to grow, add some body fat. That is part of the process. Now, the biggest mistake people make is not going through this process. Now, it's a very important process for a very simple reason. If you can take your food up, um, and add lean body mass, the beautiful thing that then happens is when you come to diet, you can diet on more food. Sure. Because there's nothing worse than you end up dieting on like poverty rations of like, I don't know, for a guy, you're eating less than 100 grams of carbohydrates a day. That's going to suck. Like the, the reality is that's not going to be sustainable for you long term. If you can get to the point as a guy where if you're, I don't know, say by if you're 85 kilos and you can eat 250 grams of carbs and then lose body fat, that's a pretty easy process to lose body fat. Sure. And I see women who I know who are eating two to two and a half thousand calories a day getting fucking shredded because they've taken their calories up and they've gotten strong and they've built lean muscle tissue. And this is getting your body to work optimally. And what actually happens in particular in like this, obviously a lot of women, females is this, if your calories are too low for a long period of time, your endocrine system and your hormonal system basically starts to shut down. Because if you think about how the body works, it's thinking about survival. So the last thing it's thinking about is like sex drive, keeping your sex hormones up because it's trying to store as much energy as possible. Uh, By storing as much energy as possible, it's actually slowing your metabolism down. So if you think about um, if you're on a desert island and you had no food, you'd want your body to slow its metabolism down to to then survive, right? Which is, is common sense. And if you're in a low calorie diet for a long period of time that's what effectively happens um 
And what happens when people come into this fat loss process is they don't understand this. They they try and diet without already on low foods. And it's like, you're screwed before you even start. And that's probably the number one biggest mistake I see over and over again. And that's actually a lot, I think, to do with social media is people aren't willing to get a bit softer. Um, but then a thought for everyone here today is that like the sacrifice you do today is what's going to pay off in six months time. So yeah, you might look a little bit softer for I don't know, two, three months, but then you're going to look a lot better in six months time. And it's just being willing to do that over and over again. And eventually you get to the point where you have enough muscle mass. You don't have to repeat that process. For sure. For sure. And I think as well, the point, like th- this is the type of thing, like people will hear, you know, the numbers you throw out there of, you know, girls getting shredded on two, two and a half thousand calories. That process takes time. You've got to diet and then you've got to build back up and then you diet and you might get just as peeled or even leaner on slightly higher calories and then you push your calories back up so it's an it's not that some people who are eating 1200 calories are now going to build their calories up to 3000 then get shredded on 2000 it's going to take a bit of a a bit of a time but i guess the other point then is that you know people should also not compare calories like that because what what you eat to stay lean is going to be different to what i eat to stay lean and you know i don't i don't i don't even know what your numbers are but i don't don't really care either because that that wouldn't be relevant to me in any way right 100 and that's like we live in a world of comparison syndrome where they see i don't know like xy person's doing this as like oh okay a lot of your listeners here are uh, hattie boydle followers you've had on the podcast before sure so i know hattie really, really well i used to work at muscle nation um and she is a phenomenal athlete but she's also very genetically gifted so respectfully you're not hattie so like she can do what she wants, but you can't copy her because she's someone else. And it's yeah. taken her a long time to build her body to that process, like we said, where she can run at those type of calories. Yeah. And it's the same thing for me. It's like we get clients who join our program who they're they're like, we ask like a photo of what they want to look like afterwards. And the photo is a photo of me shredded. I'm like, yeah, we, we can work as much as we like towards that. But like, that's probably not going to happen in six to 12 months. Like you're just starting out, to be honest. Like yeah, yeah. if I could do it that quick, I, like... Yeah, sure. I'd have won the Olympia like a million times. Um, yeah, and that's and that's what people need to understand. Um, that I think it's just understanding it's you versus you, you not versus anyone else. Sure, sure. And it's like completely side tangent to you know the topic we're going on, but kind of related, I guess. Do you think that a lot of people trip themselves up because they have too big a goal at the start? Like sometimes I see people who come in who they've got you know, maybe 20 plus kilos to lose. And it's like, yeah, which celebrity would you like to look like? And they're instantly like Zac Efron and Baywatch or The Rock, like The Rock at, you know, 53 is like 30 years worth of training and doing everything that he's done, you know? And that that's too big a goal for anyone to really compare to, especially somebody who's just starting a journey, right? Yeah, and I think this is what's important is, and I explain this like a flywheel, right? So the same thing that happens to business is, it's hard to get a flywheel to move. But when you start to get to move, it gets momentum it gets faster and faster and faster and faster. So what you need to think about, anyone listening to this right now, is getting quick progress and momentum at the beginning. Because the number one reason you won't see results if you're working with a good coach is this. You don't believe in yourself. And that's fact. Because what will happen is you don't believe in yourself is your self-sabotage and you won't really try. Whereas the reality is as soon as you see a little bit of progress, you're like, holy fucking shit, I can do this. And I remember the first time when I was like 26, 27, 
I got proper abs. I did a photo shoot. I was like, holy shit, I can actually do this. Like, I just have to actually stick to the diet 100%. Like, I can't just do 60% and then eat what I want at the weekend or do Monday to Friday and do what I want at the weekend. Because that's what people think is that you can just do Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I can go out and get bladdered and do what I want and then continue rest of the week. But the reality is it doesn't work like that. It's a compound effect to the daily actions you take. And a really easy way to think about this is like with everything, whether it be your family, your business, your body, um, some every single thing you do right now, anyone listen to this, like whatever you're doing right now, it's either taking you towards your goals or away from your goals. So whether that's the food you eat, whether that's the people you surround yourself with, whether that's where you live. And when you start to think like that, it's very eye-opening. For sure. For sure. So what's next? What what would you say was the other big thing as to why people maybe don't see the results they want to see? Okay. So something um, very simple to understand when you're looking to lose body fat, when you are losing body fat, what you actually want to feel is this. You want to feel hungry. And let me explain why. So as your fat cells shrink, what happens, your body basically um, your body basically changes in terms of the way it releases hormones. Because what happens is your fat cells shrink, your body tries to trick you into eating more food. So it basically increases the hormone ghrelin and reduces the hormone leptin. So it makes you feel more hungry because what's happening is what's called body uh, body set point theory. Your body's trying to keep its body weight where it's used to being. It doesn't want you to drop five kilos of weight. It doesn't want you to drop 10 kilos of body weight. It doesn't want you to be sub 10% body fat. Um, so if you're in a position <clears throat> where you're starting to feel hungry on a diet, good, because that actually shows it's working. And this is a way to think about it. Often the worse I feel when I'm in a fat loss phase, the better I look the next day. Sure. Like, and it becomes a, a battle of mental resilience. And mental strength comes from the ability to be able to control um, your thoughts and feelings. And hunger is a thought and feeling, really. A lot of it is an emotional attachment to food. So the more you can control that, understand the process, that's a really important thing. And if you just think about not caving in your diet and um, not suppressing to what I call the danger zone, which is generally between 6 to 9 p.m. in the evening, sure. people screw up their diet. Like, no one's raiding the chocolate drawer at 7 a.m. in the morning, or if you yeah. are, I'm impressed. Um, like, that's when people screw up their nutrition. So if you think, okay, I'm getting home from work, I just need to not fuck up tonight. Like, just try and take it one day at a time, just not screwing up, and then you'll put yourself in good stead and understand that, like, being hungry is part of the process. Some easy tips to overcome that, Number one would be going to bed earlier. Like, so if you find you end up snacking later at night, just go to bed. Um, this is, I, I, I found myself doing this before when I was like competing. It's like, I would try to go to bed because then I got to new, I got to wake up and eat the next day. So I was like, if I go to sleep, I could eat. So yeah. then that works. Um, and then the other one would be increasing like green veg with meals. And then thirdly, we often mistake hunger for, for hydration issues, not drinking enough. Sure. So I'll drink a lot of like fizzy, um, fizzy drinks, like sparkling water um, with like sugar-free squash and things like that to try and fill myself up um, and just generally try and keep busier, I would say is the easiest way to do it. But in terms of the biggest mistake most people make, that's it. They think they're dying because they're slightly hungry. It's like, if you've got less than, sorry, if you've got more than 6% body fat, you haven't got an issue that you're dying from lack of calories. Yeah, like, yeah. The reality is, is it's a mental challenge. You just need to like like 
take your balls out of your purse and deal with it a bit. Yeah. Is that what John Meadows saying, take your balls out of your purse? Uh, I think so. It might be Ben Pekulski. I spent a lot of time with both of them, so it's probably worth it. Okay, yeah. I've done some work with John, and I'm pretty sure he said that at one of his seminars in Edinburgh before as well. Um, So... But but that's that's the reality, the truth. And I even tell one story. Like, I remember competing last year in October, November. I was probably the leanest I've ever been. I reckon I was, like, sub-5, 4% body fat. I'd, I'd, like, pass out at 9 p.m., super tired. I would wake up at 11 p.m. because my body was just hungry. and I couldn't sleep. So I'd be awake pretty much all night because my body just wanted me to eat. And that's when you know you're probably pushing the envelope a bit. But the reality is, if you're just like a bit hungry and want to go snacking or stuff, just fucking stay out of the fridge. So for me, I can't have dark chocolate in the, the fridge door because if I go in there, every time I open the door, I'll eat some. And I know it's like 100 gram dark chocolate, sorry, 100 gram bar of dark chocolate lasts about a day and a half. It's like <laughs> five, 600 calories. But I can't yeah, buy yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good tip. Obviously, don't have anything in the, 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 the danger zone of, you're going to see yeah. it and you're going to want to eat it, right? Whether it's the cupboard, whether it's the fridge, whatever it is, right? Yeah, that's it. Easy mistake. Keep out of sight, out of mind. Sure, sure. And then in terms of that that prep, obviously, because, you know, we've all been there before and you mentioned the the body fat set point there. You're, you're going to get that stage where, you know, whether it's four weeks out, six weeks out, you're going to hit a new level of leanness where your body, every, every time somebody diets, they're going to end up at a lower set point, right? A lower end point sorry so for for you when you were dieting for the shows last year how many weeks out did you find that you know it went from being yeah a little bit of hunger here and there to okay i'm now leaner than ever like i'm actually struggling the proper struggling not just a little bit hungry um reality is actually way too early so maybe six weeks out i went down to like just over 86 kilos bear in mind i competed at 90 um and I was like, I had nothing to go. So I probably overcooked it too quick. And I know I didn't lost a lot of muscle mass. So I then actually almost started increasing calories going into the show and and still kept dropping body fat. Um, and the worst thing for me in that process is just the sleep issue was probably the worst thing. That This is actually a really weird thing to say. One thing that's really good about going through this process for anyone is food just tastes really fucking good. Like anything sure. tastes amazing. Yeah. Like you get a shitty rice cake and like, this is the best rice cake I've ever eaten in my life. Sure. Whereas now I'm like the other end of the spectrum eating like 5,000 calories a day. It's like, it's like man versus rice on a daily basis. It's like, I can't be asked to eat this. Yeah. And you yeah, just have to yeah. sit there and get on with it. And that's actually a really good process because um, it like resets your almost like the taste buds to everything. But that for me was the most difficult point was probably towards the end in just terms of, um, lack of energy and then probably i know i had i had adrenal fatigue and taking too many stimulants and too much caffeine and all, all sorts of stuff because i couldn't sleep and i couldn't really recover very well um and, and an important thing for anyone listening to this if you are stupid enough to go into that position as well um is don't train with too much volume so i actually was training only with weights only four days a week which is the least i've trained in years but it's the leanest i've been because I didn't want to put more stress in my body with more resistance training. My sessions would be like 40 minutes long. Yeah, right. Okay. And were you were you coaching yourself then, just out of curiosity, or did you have a coach? Um, in that particular scenario, I wouldn't recommend anyone coaches themselves. And I will sure. say this with all due respect, is you basically start to lose your mind. 
Sure. Um, because I, I look back now and I was like, I thought I was still fat. And I was like, dude, you can like, I can like see through my rib cage. Like there's nothing there. Like, yeah. like I had like glute striations are like six weeks out. And then the reality is um, you can't make informed decisions for yourself. And this is a really important thing for beginners as well. Uh, beginners, intermediates listening to this. The problem with you coaching yourself, even if you're very experienced, is you obviously have an emotional relationship with the way you look. So your ability to make decisions are going to be based upon emotion, just not pure logic and experience, which is why like, I've always been very good at everything I do in terms of executing. So if someone just tells me, do X, Y, Z, I'm like, like awesome, let's do it. Whereas like, I tend to overthink things and overcomplicate stuff. Or if you're also coaching yourself, it's very easy to self-justify things. Sure. So you can be like, oh, I'm a bit flat. I need to eat more. Or, oh, I'm losing muscle tissue. Maybe I should have a thousand grams of carbs today or eat this pizza or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And then it's like, yeah, it's it's just a slippery slope either way, right? And that's where the most important thing for anyone listening to this in terms of why coaching, I'm such a big believer in it um, for everything is accountability. Because if you're working with Odin, if you're working with me, you're working with whoever, no one wants to look like a dick and let the other person down. So you're going to be accountable to the person who's coaching you. And that is going to make you stick to the process more and then see better results. Because the most important thing is adherence to seeing results. Sure, sure. So we've covered a lot there in terms of, you know, well, two, maybe three topics in there, like big takeaways. What what else happens then? What Because you, you, you say, you, you know, you've coached, 8,000 people to transformations like you've seen a lot so give us another big one I'm sure there's another one on the tip of your tongue man. Um, two more different dynamics so one will be this so if you're in a relationship right now I see this all the time uh, so say you're mister in the relationship because it actually tends to be more common it happens this way so you're a guy you're a bit chubby you start to lose weight you start to lose a bit more weight you start getting abs you start looking more attractive and then your missus starts having digs at you about going to the gym too much, about becoming narcissistic, blah, 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 blah. Now, what happens here is like an inferiority complex, right? Because you're starting to get, um, try and put this politically correctly, you're trying to improve yourself and become better at who you are. And by doing that, you're almost casting a shadow over the other person and making them feel inferior. True. And it's probably just highlighting maybe to them their own self-doubts and insecurities which is actually one of the reasons why a lot of the clients we work with we actually work with a lot of couples together because it's a really good process for them to work on together as a journey keep each other accountable and push each other and make it more fun because otherwise what can happen um is it can cause conflicts in a relationship where suddenly one person's like really enjoying the process doing really really well but their partner almost suddenly starts trying to self-sabotage them because they're like motherfucker's looking too good i don't want him running off with a woman who's 10 years younger or something weird um and and i've seen all kinds of weird things like that happening over like over and over and over again and not necessarily the running off with a younger woman but the reality of like the partner getting disgruntled with the process and for anyone listening to this if you're going to go through this journey which i'd highly recommend you should do if you're not in great shape right now because it's your duty as a man or a woman to be in great shape not for you, but for your future children, if you don't have them or your children right now, because they'll mirror your behavior. Sure. Um, is sit down with everyone around you and be like, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. 
and um, and just explain to them and ask for support. That's it. If you're very clear with them about your intentions at the start, then they will support you with that process. And the number one reason people get issues with that is communication. I don't know if that's something you've seen before. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I I seen something. I think it was last week. It was on Instagram. Uh, that guy James Dinacantolo or whatever some some sort of Italian sounding name. Um, and he he posted something like, "If your parents are obese or overweight, you have a ninety eight percent chance of also being obese or overweight." As like you, so if if I'm overweight and I'm obese as a dad, then the likelihood that my two girls are going to grow up and be overweight and obese, like it's in the nineties. I don't know if it was ninety eight. It was high nineties though. That's scary to me. Like the fact that you know. My, me and how I look could transfer so easily onto my kids, right? So that point when you said that, I was like, that is that's the thing that people need to latch on to here. You know, it's for not just for them, it's for their kids too. And this is an important thing. People say, I remember someone saying to me on a plane once, um, guy was pretty cool. He was like, his job was building like super yachts or something. So I was like, I'm definitely nice. talking to you for this flight. Um <laughs> and he said to me, He's like, um, I, I can't be asked to work out, like I can never get into it tell me one thing to make me interested in like going to the gym. And I knew from the conversation earlier, he had a daughter. I was like, would you like to see your daughter get married and still live that long? And he was like, you motherfucker. It's true. <laughs> His guy was out of shape, not very healthy, drank a lot, smoked a lot. Sure. And like, that's the reality is like, if you, it's your duty to be around for a long time. So you can provide, look after those people around you. And realistically, your health is the easiest thing to control in a lot of respects with your weight because you control directly what you eat and you control how many calories you burn every single day. So that's your direct choice, whether overweight. Now sure. you can't blame the government for that. You can't blame your partner for that. You can't blame your job for that. That is your own choice. So if you're in that situation right now, it's your choice to then change it. Sure, man. Sure. And so I guess that works the other way though, as well, right? Where the husband's a bit overweight uh, but the wife starts mm. to go on the transformation. She starts mm. to look, you know, a bit better. You know, she's, she's, you know, she maybe goes from in his eyes being a 10, but then she's suddenly off the charts. And he's like, all these, all these other guys are going to want to talk to my wife, even though probably like his wife just goes to the gym just to train and be social and whatever. Like she's not out there getting chatted up and he starts to get jealous and then puts the wife down. Right. It's not just the the opposite, but it's like, it's both sides where it's very easy for, anyone on that journey and i guess also not just with partners charlie but you know people at work or your your mom your dad your sister anyone it's that like you said that inferiority complex of you're making something of yourself and they're stuck where they are so they're like okay i'm i'm gonna i've got to i've got to stop this somehow right because they're making me feel so bad about myself Uh, and this is one of the things it's funny you said about the parents things even I was with my parents for like two weeks recently and they're like, oh, you work too much. You put too much pressure on yourself. And I'm like, good. Like (laughs) I do it because that's what gets me like where I want to be. And it's the same thing in terms of um, from a fitness aspect. Like people say you go to the gym too much. It was like, no one's going to tell you you go to the gym too much. Who's in better shape than you. Yeah, sure. Like, because the reality is people are going to say that who are, people who have a complex that they're not in good shape and are self-critical and they look at you and it makes them feel inferior. And they're like, I can't, I can't do what Adrian does. I can't do what Charlie does. So therefore I'm going to label him and put him down. And that's why um, one thing I think I've learned is to be very careful about the way you talk about other people in terms of 
their appearance or what they do. And I'll never say anything unless someone asks, um, because I think we don't understand sometimes how our words can have a big impact, in particular with women. Like if you said to your, I don't know, uh, you said to your missus that they suddenly like, I don't know, you're getting a bit chunky or something like that's going to set off like they're not going to eat for a week or like whatever, sure. like really extreme behavior. And that's where people need to deal with things delicately, delicately where a lot of people don't. Yeah, sure. And I think a lot of times it's maybe it's meant as a joke, right? Like from either from anyone to anyone, it's like meant to be a bit of friendly banter and, you know, uh, have a bit of fun with them, but you don't know how deep that cuts them. And then what happens, you know, once the, once the fake laughter subsides and then, they go back into the little world. And like you said, they might not eat much for a week as a result of that, you know, and, you know, starve themselves essentially. Yeah. And that's how we've got into society of yo-yo dieting. And so for anyone listening, this is a really harrowing statistic. So out of everyone who loses weight after three years, 95% of people who lost the body fat have put it back on and more, which means actually only 5% of people are actually successful in losing weight and keeping it off for good. It's crazy. And that's because they're not doing a proper process, which is why you need to do things with some sustainability in mind, like working with a coach like Odin, working with someone like me or whoever it might be, because you then have control of knowing it's being done. And you've also got someone else to like guide you. Even the same thing for me at the moment, I've gone through a, a mass gaining phase the last seven, eight months and I've gained like 20 kilos of body weight and I would have bottled it a long time ago, but I've got someone who's coaching me who's like, no, you're not allowed to die. You keep, you've got to keep going, you've got to keep going. Um, and it's often, we live in a psychological world with technology, social media, whatever, where we want instant gratification. So you, you want the quick fixes of things. And the reality is like the quick fixes are what cause problems. What you want to do is actually do things for the long run that are going to pay off further further more down the road and what you want to try and think about is how can you delay gratification because with every process in life the more you delay the gratification the bigger the reward is at the end of the rainbow for sure for sure and do you think that that whole process of actually delaying the gratification like everyone wants it now right like everyone sees that you know the 12-week transformation and then they think that oh they should be able to do the same thing in 12 weeks regardless of where they're starting and they want that they want it now, right? Is that is that another downfall? Like that's one of our big big topics here. Like, is that another thing that too many people do then? You can do that quickly. You can make a lot of results very quickly, but be warned that you need to control the aftermath of that because, and it's like I say to people at times, like I could get pretty much anyone shredded in eight to ten weeks, but you're really not going to enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be like it's going it's going to be rough. Um, it's going to be wild to try and stop the rebound of weight afterwards because sort of, as I mentioned in terms of body set point theory, your body is like primed to regain weight rapidly when you drop weight very quickly um, and we have weights down. So you have to be meticulous in that process then to try and balance it out. So if you went through a very aggressive fat loss phase, you then have to really be very careful in terms of um, managing your calories incrementally, taking them up, reverse dieting to make sure that you don't just balloon back up in weight. And you see this a lot with females in particular. Someone will coach them say, to do a bikini competition, fucking hammering them for 12 weeks. And you see them four weeks after the show and they're like a water buffalo. 
because they've just gone off the rails, like emotionally, physically. Uh, and it's difficult for people to, and I've had that, like it's hard to go from like looking what you do when you're competing to like more normal quote unquote. And it's difficult to, to manage that process mentally. Sure. And that it's just something that people have to accept. And you also need someone to guide them through that process. Who's done it. Sure. Sure. And so you obviously, we through the, the show today, we've talked about, you know, you had this diet for the IFBB shows last year. You also have three businesses. So time management is one key thing that I think, you know, screws a lot of people up. And the truth is, you know, you don't find time, you make time in your day. But, you know, most people will struggle just with, you know, kids and, you know, a normal, normal job. You're running three businesses and you're dieting for an actual bodybuilding show. You're bound to have some tips along, on how you how you did that that you can you can give us on today's show. Um, so number one is actually having a schedule. So like you know exactly what time of the day you train, you've got everything blocked in, plan your week in advance. So I would I always train at the same time every day. So I train like 8:45 normally. Um I would know it's probably seeming to buy at that time in the yeah. gym because I then it's over and done with, and then nothing's gonna happen. The rest of the day is gonna put me off. One of the big mistakes that people make is they, if, obviously I'm fortunate because I work for myself. Um, and reality is if you can do that, I would do that because then nothing's going to come up in the day, meaning you're not going to get your training in. And I quite like spending the first part of the day working myself and then the rest of the day I can then work on my business. Um, the reality is and sometimes when comp, comp prep, I couldn't sleep. So like some days I was getting up at 3 a.m. anyway. So I was like, I had loads of time. I just couldn't sleep. Yeah. Um, but it's also just think about being efficient with what you're doing. So if you're listening to this, one of the biggest mistakes people make is not being effective or efficient with their training. You don't need to be doing 30, 40 sets in a workout. You don't need to train six days a week. You don't need to train seven days a week. And it's just being intelligent with what you do. So we have um, a society that always thinks more is better, but that's definitely not the case when it comes to lifting weights and working out. Better is better, not more is better. So if you think about the exercises I'm selecting, the way I'm performing them, even listening to your body, like if you feel like turd, like maybe you should rest another day. Like I flew back from uh, in Spain on Monday, whenever it was. Next day, I didn't get into like 3am. Like next day, I felt pretty crap. Like, so I trained one day and then took the next day off because like, I don't feel 100%. So sure. if you don't feel it, sometimes it's good to give yourself a rest. And like, just actively get that awareness for your body. But the time management thing just comes down into have a structured routine, train the same time every day. You don't need to be in the gym for three hours. You don't need to foam roll every muscle in your body like for four hours before working out. Like you're not going to break. Um, just be aware of what you're doing. Do things to get the most bang for your buck. Nice, man. Nice. I think that that's a good way to end it because I think for a lot of people listening, finding time or making time like that whole argument is going to be the key thing like we've talked about all the the other topics that you know people will hopefully fix now but if they're not making the time to train and to prep their meals and to actually go about what they need to do to actually you know stick to the training and diet then the rest you know it's moot can i can i give can i give two more for a lazy man sure go for it yeah go 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 go. more value number one massive recommendation always have a meal prep company so if you earn more than $10 an hour, you should have someone probably just prep your meals for you because you earn more than that. Um, number two would be, here's a really easy training split that anyone can do. You can see progress. 
three sessions a week, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for example, do a full body training session, do one exercise, two sets per body part to failure. That would work really, really well. That's all you have to do. That'd be three hours a week. If you put yourself in a calorie deficit for your nutrition, walked and did 10,000 steps a day, you could get a really good physique doing that. Sure. Sure. I like that point about the meal prep company, right? Because like that's that's the thing. Unless and I personally, the way I do it is, I work, but I just put like three kilos of chicken in the slow cooker and then put the rice cooker on for like twenty minutes in the evening, and I, I, everything's frozen for the week. But anyone who's busy, like especially like you know, we both work with executive clients or busy professionals, like you said, people who are earning decent coin, like if they're spending two three hours a day or a week whatever it is like that's time where they could be working they could be earning more money especially if you work for yourself probably right yeah and, and it comes down to understanding what's your time worth and sure. this is actually a really good point to finish on if your time is worth a lot and you're listening to this right now think about this are you in better shape than you were 10 years ago because if you're not this is a really strong thing to think about how many hours a week do you work out What's your hourly rate worth? I don't know. Say you're working out. Say your time's worth $100 an hour, for example. Say you spend five hours a week working out. It's $500 a week. It's two grand a month. That's 24000 a year. Over 10 years, you spent $240,000 looking worse. Yeah. So the reality is you should go to someone like Odra and me or whoever who can actually get you an ROI on your time. Sure. And when you think about it like that, it's quite a shocking statistic. You spent nearly a quarter of a million dollars to look worse over the last 10 years. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a massive bomb to end it on me. So I love that. Love that. So lo- loads of content in here, mate. And obviously the previous episode of people like this, that was on, I'm pretty sure it was season three, episode 12. So people can go back and get more of you. That was obviously over a year ago. You're in a different stage of life. Now you li- I think you're in Canada on a short term trip, yeah, then, yeah, maybe yeah. a holiday. Um, and now you're, yeah. you're in Dubai and, you know, living, living it up, which is great, man. So, I'll put the links below, but if anyone's on their phone and they're out walking or whatever, I want to just, you know, type it into Instagram. Maybe they're sitting scrolling now while they're listening. What's your username? How do they find you? And then what's the best way to contact you if they are keen on coaching? Um, if you just check out Charlie Johnson Fitness on like every platform under the sun, that'll be there. <laughs> and then you're obviously into podcasts if you're listening to this. If you check out my fitness podcast, which is just called The Shredded Show, I think we've got like 330 episodes. There's a lot. Nice. There's a lot of Hattie Boydell listeners. Hattie's been on there as well. Um, so yeah, ha- have a dive into that. There's tons and tons of value there. And then we've got loads on our YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, we've got a business podcast, which is on YouTube, Seven Things Scanning Systems and Physically Jack Flying Stack Podcast. Beautiful. So what I'll do is I'll put the in the show notes the link to your Instagram for fitness. I'll put the link to the business side if there's any coaches who want to talk to you about how to grow their business or improve their systems. And then I'll also put the links to your podcast as well. Cause like you said, I'm going to get on the show as well. And I'm going to have to urge everyone, you know, Charlie yeah. says he thinks I've got such a big female audience because I'm such a charming and attractive <laughs> man. Now, if you agree, then you've got to put a comment up. You want, I want to see the five stars in this box, uh, actual review. Well, actually, I don't even care if it's a male or female. I just want to see five stars saying, I agree. He's charming. He's handsome. That, 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 that's the podcast, mate. I'll keep I'm going to leave the review forever. now saying that. <laughs> yeah, that. That would be dream made. I'll keep doing this podcast every week for forever if I keep getting those right. <laughs> 
Lovely, mate. Lovely. So uh, thanks for your time, Charlie. Um, I urge everyone to go follow Charlie. His, he mentioned his content earlier, how it's very applicable. It's also some of the most entertaining content probably on Instagram. It's it's I don't see much because I don't really scroll much, but it's definitely somebody whose content I enjoy to see, like whether it's different analogies, different tips or different different frameworks. It's always it's always useful, mate. So keep making that content. Everyone go follow Charlie. And thanks so much for your time today, Charlie. I appreciate it, mate. Pleasure. Thank you.